if you show genuine engagement and involvement and interest in what the employees are doing and you give them the tools of intelligent automation you know, to go forward with, they'll change the world. And by the way, you're a hero too, as the leader. Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. I'm your host, Amelia Rose Earhart. Today on the show, we've got a great guest who's all about putting humans first. And today we're joined by Christopher Hodges, who is the author of Noble Automation Now, also with Hodges and Company. And Chris, as we get into our chat today and learn more about you, you're all about that holistic approach involving everyone top to bottom. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about who you are and what we're going to dive into today. Super. My focus and everything I'm working on doing, I would call it helping humans be heroes in the age of automation. What I mean by that is there are so many opportunities to improve businesses using the technology that we have today, specifically intelligent automation is my focus. And what I have continued to see for years is it's not the technology that's causing the problems, but it's about how to implement those and lead and motivate teams. We as humans can be heroes as leaders and employees, and in the right environment, we can do amazing things. But in the wrong environment, we can go home miserable at night. And I'm trying to do more of the former and less of the latter. Well, and you're so right, because as, as great as technology can get, if we ignore the human element of it, we're sort of eroding the process in general. So keeping humans at the forefront is really keeping employees happy and teams happy along the way. Now, I'm interested to learn how this works into your book title, which is Noble Automation Now. Tell us what you mean by that and why you chose those words specifically. Thank you. Three words with three different points. Of course, automation is the main focus. Noble comes from the term noblesse oblige, which for hundreds of years, at least in the European world, it was the obligation of the leaders to lead and treat their people with nobility. And so what the best leaders learned and the dynasties that went on, people think those, those dynasties survived from military power. What really made those dynasties survive was treating everyone in those dynasties with a sense of nobility. So what I really wanted to say is, wow, we can all really learn from this noblesse oblige with, instead of uh, charging the ramparts of walls and castles, we are trying to make our companies thrive and our employees thrive in the environment we're in. And then the last word of the book is now. So noble automation now. And the reason now is because when I first got involved in what is now called intelligent automation, that goes back, I guess, to about 2015. I was the intelligent automation leader for Accenture in the Northern Europe. And the technologies were there, but they weren't anywhere near as mature and they weren't coming together like they are now. They've kind of crystallized to a point where, you know, everything starts with a wave of hype. And the hype is kind of over, and except people talk about AI and you're going to be able to think like a human being, that's still hype. But machine learning, intelligent automation is very real, very powerful, and very now. <laughs> so those are the three words, noble automation now. So it's, it's really a call to action and a call to living, I think, a, a more noble life as a leader and a more engaged and exciting life as an employee in companies that are using these tools and technologies. Oh, I really like that. It sounds like you're really working the concept of having high values and really having a sense of self, even though we are working with these really high level technological advancements, but keeping a sense of nobility and that personal pride. So let's merge it all together now, because within your book and with all of your background, 
on this topic, you can tell us a little bit about the challenges that companies are facing when it comes to implementing intelligent automation. So give us some of your insight here. Okay. I think the magic rule of three might be helpful here. I have been in industry. I spent about 10 years in the U.S. Navy, went to the Naval Academy for leadership training, then spent about 10 years in General Electric doing process improvement, Six Sigma work and business integration work. And then I was a managing director and a partner at Accenture and Deloitte. So I, I don't say that to say, look at the resume, except to say, well, I've seen a lot of client stuff go right and go wrong. And the challenges today that are facing leaders break down to three things, people, process, and technology. So the technology is now available. Now, the question is, do the business leaders understand what that technology is? The biggest challenge for leaders is to get as quickly as possible a good view of what the technology is for their problem. So challenge, challenge number one, technology, understanding what the technology is, and then being able to place it to the needs of the individual company. Now, the process piece is, it's not that they don't understand process is important. They don't put enough energy into understanding what those processes are. So time and time again, I will go in and talk to a client and they know they have a problem and they want to fix it. And the conversation goes something like this. Did you guys know that you do this? And you know, put, you put it up on the wall and everyone's staring at the wall saying, I had no idea we did it that way, right? So a, a respect for process of what needs to be done and a shared respect across the organization so everybody kind of knows what everybody else is doing to some degree. So building that as part of your culture, a profound respect for process is something that accelerates all of this, right? So now we've gone through technology, we've gone through process, now let's talk about people. That is the ultimate opportunity and the ultimate challenge always has been. The average working company, I'll just take the United States, the level of engagement of employees in the United States, people who will say, I am actively engaged in my company, consistently hovers somewhere between 20 and 35 or 40%. Think about that. That's 60% potentially or more of the people in your company who are either, eh, you know, they show up, <laughs> you know, with meh, I think might be the word, or they're actually there, but they're not too excited about it the potential left behind because people are not engaged in what they're doing. You don't need to hire more or different people. Just get the people you have to give you more of what they're able to bring and the magic that a human being can bring. So the challenge is for leaders to really focus on engaging. And sometimes we are so focused on getting to the next action step or whatever. We don't realize that building the depth and the engagement in the team and the involvement of the team it's just simply everything. So I extend that to every leader. If you show genuine engagement and involvement and interest in what the employees are doing and you give them the tools of intelligent automation you know, to go forward with, they'll change the world. And by the way, you're a hero too as the leader. So I think the challenge are to overcome those things, to know the technology, to give enough deference and respect to how important process is. And then the final and most important piece is the people. And that's what I would wrap up into helping humans be heroes in the age of intelligent automation. <laughs> I think that's, that is what our challenge is. Really, at the heart of it all is putting humans first and, and knowing that really, ultimately, that's going to be the big difference maker. So let's go into the specifics of how helping humans be heroes, how that works with intelligent automation specifically. Okay, the reason I say it that way I was exposed to Joseph Campbell, and if anyone is listening, you think you may not know Joseph Campbell's work. You do know Joseph Campbell's work. 
Joseph Campbell was an international expert on mythology. He had studied, his bliss was to study mythology from around the world. And what he found as he kept studying the Navajo Indians and the Japanese and the Russians, and the, he said the stories are all different, but the stories all follow an incredibly consistent pattern. And that pattern he called the hero's journey. And what I realized is you're going to get that call to adventure called some new technology is going to be introduced into your business. You have a choice. Do you crawl into a hole and hide, which doesn't work very long, or do you accept the lightsaber? and you decide you're going to go on a hero's journey. And then there are three phases. There is initiate or separation. So separation from the old of what you were doing, the old boring job maybe you had or tedious job that you had. And then there's initiation. There's a bunch of steps in between, but then there's initiation. So now you learn, okay, I got this lightsaber. I got this RPA tool. I got this CX tool that can help me with my clients, right? Whatever the tool happens to be. You have this fantastic tool. Now you have to learn how to use it. And then when you learn how to use it, it suddenly gets really challenging and difficult and maybe a little overwhelming. And that's when Joseph Campbell says, we face our dragon. Our real challenge is simply fear. We're facing the fear of doing that new thing. What if I can't learn this new technology? What if I can't go fast enough? That's the dragon. And the reality is most of us can learn these things and move forward. And that takes us back to the third stage, which is return. And return is where we, the hero, goes back to our tribe. We are better than we were before. And that is the hero's journey. And then it starts again. Oh, Chris, I love this analogy so much. And you are on the final stage of the hero's journey, of course, because you're returning and bringing this information to those who are about to embark on their own personal hero's journey. And so as we all continue to go through, right, sharing that information and knowledge is a critical component of it as well, because it shows others the path to take to start to go out and and test out these new challenges. And, And as your travels have taken you all over the world, I'm curious to know, what differences do you see in the way that automation is embraced in different countries, different industries, you know, using Japan as an example, I'm sure with your wife, you have a lot of these specifics, but what have you seen in that regard? Thank you for asking that. So, I was driving through the Netherlands on the way to, I don't even know where we were going, and we stopped in a McDonald's. This is 2015, 2016, something like that. And that was the first time I saw the huge iPad screens, right, where you go in, they're not iPads, but the huge touch screens to order, right? And I remember taking a picture of it, and I said, this is how the Europeans deal with high labor rates, and it's coming to the rest of the world. I was living in Copenhagen, Denmark, which is one of the most expensive countries in the world. And they are far more likely to adopt automation technologies because they simply cannot afford to pay that many people to do that many jobs. They want to have good, meaningful jobs for people, but they don't have a choice. They can't, they simply will go bankrupt if they depend only on the local labor to do it. So that's a a Danish or a Scandinavian approach. Very high tax rate countries, very high minimum wage, but they're going to get crushed community if they don't adopt some of these tools. So that's a Northern European approach. Americans have, for for the last 20 years, we will uh, play around with technology and we'll use some of it. And then someone will come in and tell us we should outsource it to India or China or somewhere else. And that's going to run its end as well. So what you see in American manufacturing companies, for example, they're getting exceptionally good with the automation. So they have great employees that are American-based employees who get real salaries and real jobs. And they do outsource what they have to outsource because they can't do it better. The Japanese, for example, are just desperate for people. 
they have a massive population problem and the Chinese are about to get a massive population problem as well. So when the need is there, the adoption rate starts to increase. The Japanese are doing things that, that are automated that are hard to even believe because they don't have anybody to do it. And by the way, the Danes were ahead of the Americans. The Danes, the Swedes, the Norwegians were all ahead of the Americans in intelligent automation. So what I see from an American point of view and maybe a Western point of view is the opportunity to optimize what you're doing in your own business, really draw the most out of your people and use these tools to do that. So, you know, using the best of humanity and the technology, that's going to make you more competitive than just calling some really cheap offshore provider as a knee-jerk reaction. That doesn't mean it's not a part of your portfolio. It probably is. But it shouldn't be your first reaction because you're leaving all that untapped humanity back in your office untapped. You're right. In America, we do tend to try to find the, the fastest, most direct solution, but we do need to take that holistic approach and really view the big picture and look at how other industries are certainly solving similar types of problems. So as we start to wrap up here, if there were maybe some key points that you're really hoping that the listeners take away from our chat today, what would those be in your opinion? If Henry David Thoreau was correct, that most men and women are living lives of quiet desperation, then I think the evidence suggests that that absolutely is true by employee engagement. Then helping humans be heroes and be successful with technology is a path to have them not leave lives of quiet desperation. And I believe noble automation is the antidote to exactly that. Well, and if people want to learn more about you and get a copy of your book, Noble Automation Now, why don't you let us know where we can get in touch with you and maybe order a copy for ourselves? You can certainly go to my website, nobleautomationnow.com, nobleautomationnow.com. And guess what? My email is chris at nobleautomationnow.com. And I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to see you, anyone who's listening or watching, on your own hero's journey with technology and intelligent automation. Great conversation, Chris. Thanks so much for being on the CX Pulse podcast. Thank you so much, Amelia. Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. This podcast is brought to you by NICE, the world's leading cloud CX platform. Go to nice.com to learn more about our innovative and comprehensive end-to-end -end CX solutions. That's nice.com.